Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. My name is Lance Borden, and uh, we missed you last week. Um, We were in the throes of putting together our first ministry fundraiser, and it was a great success. Thank you to everyone that came and gave to see people healed and set free. Uh, It was really a lot of fun. We themed it around Christmas and uh, just really praise God for the work that he did through those that came to give to the ministry to really uh, support us as we go into 2019 and look to develop this ministry and its communication channels and and how it delivers the message of healing and freedom that Jesus came to give. So uh, we're back at it this week. What we're about to listen to was actually recorded uh, right after Thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to break it up into two parts. Um, So you'll hear us talking about Thanksgiving. But uh, we really wanted to just have a discussion around why trial and uh, kind of a recap or a uh, end cap, maybe I should say, on the three tests series. Some more thoughts to share there about trial and our posture in trial. So here we go. Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. This is Lance Borden, and I am the son of Dr. Connie Borden, who is a licensed clinical psychologist, and she and I do this podcast each week. And uh, I think this is our 68th episode. Did you know that? No, that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so uh, we started these in 2017 and have been doing them for more than a year now and uh, put them out uh, weekly. And um, we just finished a series called Three Tests. We did six parts to that series talking about overcoming trial and tribulation, overcoming persecution, overcoming sin, and overcoming hurt through relationships. And while that series is over, uh, we wanted to just kind of have a conversation today about the struggle of trial and just coming through it, not to focus on the negative or uh, be down in the mouth or you know look down at our problems. We always want to be fixing our mind and fixing our heart on Jesus according to Colossians 3, but really just to have a real discussion about why it's difficult to face trial and really encourage you, uh, along with ourselves, that there's always something that God is going after in our hearts, and and there is a great outcome available to anything hard that we're going through as long as we pursue him in it and we remain repentant and contrite before him uh, as we are all sinners saved by grace. So we just kind of wanted to talk through that today. And so, uh, by the way, Merry Christmas. We are now officially in the Christmas season of 2018. If you're listening to this uh, after that, uh, this is when this is recorded. We just had Thanksgiving. So hopefully everybody got uh, some good turkey fill up. We are out of white meat at my house, which is a big chagrin to me because that's what I prefer. You should go buy a turkey breast. Maybe so. Yeah. I should, just as a supplement. Correct. Uh, but I'm sure we'll do that again at Christmas Actually, time. we thought about doing that. Right. Well, because I we think did have, what, 12 people? 11 we had 12 10 people. people this year. Okay. But we, but you, we said afterwards, why do we get the big heavy turkey yeah. with the bones in it and everything and have to parse through the white and the dark meat since we, as a family... Just about every everybody prefers the white meat. Why not just get turkey breasts and make it easier on ourselves? And my only answer to that is because I love the tradition of the big bird. 
and just seeing that big thing come out of the oven. But other than that, practically speaking, just getting turkey breasts would actually probably give us more of what we want and make it easier. There is a second reason. What? Turkey breast by itself, at the very minimum, is about $1.39 a pound. Is that more expensive? And a whole I don't buy turkey, turkey is sixty nine cents a pound. Okay, so it's more expensive because so, they have to. They ha- see you're paying for them correct. cutting it and pulling out. There the breast. you go. But to your point, um, you could potentially get two turkey breasts. Well, you could not get two turkey breasts for the price of a twenty four pound turkey and have the equivalent of one turkey breast white meat. So it would be more expensive just to get the turkey breast, but less hassle. Less hassle. And less waste and have plenty of white meat, which is what you prefer. So I think we should go there. Okay. Well, and we'll now talk about have, that more. There's some insight into the Borden household <laughs> traditional <laughs> holiday meal discussion. I also messed up your ice cream salad this year. Well, I just want to okay. say I'm going to go back to the old way. That's okay. Because I felt bad. It was still good. Okay. But you didn't it, like it as well. I didn't but, like it as but well. But I do want to say something. Nothing was left over. Well, that's which, which uh, is also bad. Other people liked it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have any left over, right? That's so that's true. not good. So you'll have to inform me how to do it next. Well, time. I want it cold, more like okay. the actual ice cream, and then you'll like have the some left over. And yeah. since you're the main one that likes it, we'll prefer you. Okay. Right. Okay. Very good. All right. So. All right. Well, I want to just say after the series that we just did that. The reason we did the series is because I, I think, conveyed throughout the series along with you that if we don't have the right mindset or heart understanding of trial, tribulation, persecution, and discipline, a lot of people will fall away from the Lord because that's what the Word says in Matthew 13. Many fall away because of trial and tribulation. And the right heart and mind attitude is if I am saved and I am fully surrendered to the Lordship of Christ and asking the Holy Spirit to lead me, and I'm pursuing God's will, that I will believe that my Heavenly Father's character is love, righteousness, trustworthiness, all good for me, all good. He's a good God. If I believe that, then I'll get through what seems and feels negative. Even if somebody else injures me, leaves me, abandons me, hurts me, all that happened to me as a child, not my fault, but it still became my responsibility when I became an adult, reeling from that hurt heart and that wounded soul and not able to walk in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith consistently because I was wounded that the enemy had more of an advantage over me because I was hurt and I wanted to be accepted and receive love in all the wrong places. Sometimes it was performance, sometimes it was degrees, sometimes it was people that loved me and others that didn't. And my life was on a roller coaster until I got married And I married a spirit-filled, born-again Christian man that also went to Oral Roberts University and was raised in a Christian home, and we couldn't get along, which is in my book in more detail, Save But Not Free. I could not walk consistently in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. And so instead of 
saying to my husband, Bill, your father, I don't like you and you trigger me and I don't know why, but I think I'm going to go and find somebody that's probably easier to live with which in my opinion is going from the frying pan to the fire because the grass is not greener on the other side. And Bill did not say that to me, though he could have. And many people say that to each other. I don't like my husband. I don't like whoever you don't like. And sometimes there is a leaving, but not in the covenant of marriage. If you made a covenant in Christ to be married, and you're both in Christ, unless there's some type of threat to your life, like somebody is physically or sexually or so assaultive that you're being destroyed because even you'll go to jail if you beat your husband up with a baseball bat or vice versa. And it can be more subtle than that. But my point is, whatever's wrong on the inside, one thing is I was telling you that I did must be correct is I looked at that And I did not blame my husband, though he was part of the conflict, and he did not blame me. We looked to God. We said, what is wrong on my inside that I can't walk in harmony and unity with my husband on a consistent basis? He did the same thing. We were both hurt. And that hurt or wound, can't see it. We'll fix broken bones, but we don't fix broken hearts or wounded souls. But it causes you to be more vulnerable to Satan's temptations and offers because you feel bad on the inside and you want to feel good on the inside. So that uh, results in such things as drugs, alcohol, illicit sex, affairs. Oh, it must be I don't have enough money. It must be I need a better position. It must mean I need fame because I don't feel content. And I believe that the hurt and the walls that we put up, because we're hurt, push us away from God. And then also, if we walk in chronic sin without repentance, we'll harden our heart, according to Matthew 13, and the word won't penetrate. And therefore, we don't taste and see that the Lord is good. His true love, the true fruit of the Spirit, never quite gets down inside of us until we recognize that we were hurt or wounded. How do we define rejection? Not getting the love you need in the way you needed it, in the way from whom you need it at the time you need it. That can be many, many things. And we were discussing before the show that though you were raised in a Christian home, you went to Christian schools, you went through some pretty significant rejection, really persecution, because you were pursuing a honest holy life. You weren't the bad boys that the girls wanted in junior high and high school, even though you were in a Christian school. That was hurtful. Right. You went to West Point. That was the world. They were into everything that you had not been into to the degree that they were into it as far as uh, sexual strongholds. That was a tough exposure. You went through hurt. Did, did that cause some hurt and wounding? Yes. Did it cause some sinning? Yes. You've talked about that. Did it cause some sinning in my life? Yes. Anger, sin, adultery, sin. Really doesn't matter. I was hurting my husband with words and he was hurting me. Some people hurt their husband and wife with being sexual with someone else. But we never did that. Thank God. We understood a covenant. We understood covenant meant that I don't leave my husband just because I'm mad at him today, that we don't 
seek other people for emotional or sexual fulfillment. And um, we stood true to the basic tenets, but most importantly, not trying to gratify or whitewash our sin, but we kept asking the right questions. What is wrong on the inside? What was wrong with my mom and dad? Like I've talked to you before, that they were church planners, Bible school graduates, saved, spirit-filled, and yet all four of us children were abused mentally, emotionally, my mother physically. They got a divorce. My mother died of cancer when I was 14, etc. I asked that question, and that's the answer we want to deliver to people that we are, we are absolutely forgiven and justified through a gift. It's not by works of righteousness we have done, but it's according, it's according to his mercy we are saved. But if you get that or you don't get it, if you're saved in that love and that understanding has not come down because of being rejected before or after you were saved and not dealing with that, then you might go after the wrong idols, the counterfeit offers of Satan. And it's my contention and our contention with this ministry, Totally Transform Ministries, that if you're not able to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, if you're not able to walk in obedience, not that you'll never miss it, but you're able to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. You don't want to renail Jesus to the cross, as Hebrews 6 says, because you know that he has died and went through a terrible crucifixion for us to be saved. You believe that. And if you know that, you won't walk after the dictates of Satan because the wages of sin is death. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God cannot hear my prayers. So what do you do? You repent and truly repent like David did, as you were telling me on the, uh, before we started committed the worst sins, if we want to put sin on a continuum, adultery and murder, when he was the king of Israel, knew God and knew the Godhead out on the slopes of being a shepherd uh, to the sheep for years, went through the whole thing with Solomon, killed the lion, the bear, and Goliath, led great armies of Israel to victory, and then committed these heinous sins. So anybody we're talking to is not exempt from forgiveness and the grace of God, no matter what you've done. That's the point we want to make to begin with. If you're in the sound of our voice and, and the enemy is telling you that you have sinned too long, you've sinned too bad, you've sinned too much, you've done too much damage, that is a lie. Because God is the God of restoration. He came to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. But if you believe that you don't have to deal with your wounded soul or your broken heart, or you can walk in chronic sin without repentance and not be obedient when you're convicted. Because sanctification is a lifetime process. You're instantly justified, and you should be 100% surrendered. But you're a lifetime of being more and more Christ-like or sanctified. And then when you die, if you're saved, you'll be instantly glorified. So it's in that sanctification place, which is our whole lifetime, that we get confused because we live in a fallen world. We're born after an endemic nature. Um, Satan has come behind salvation, I believe, in the 21st century, particularly in this country. That was a country, the last country that we know of, that was founded, a Christian nation. And we're talking about a timeline of history. I'm not saying that nobody's ever been hurt in other countries and other errors 
in the uh, you know circus of the Roman Romans when they threw the Christians into the um, arena. Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, if their families knew that, they had to be hurt and broken. What I'm saying, in the timeline of history, that was all in Europe, or in the Fertile Crescent, before we came forward to the 21st century. America was found in the, in uh, it was found in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, that's the what, 13th century? Or is it the other way around, the 15th century? The 15th century. Okay, so then we come forward. Or become an independent nation, 1776, from England. Columbus founded us to have freedom of religion. I have read his journals. They did not want to be dictated that they had to be Catholic or in the English church. It was not freedom from religion. It was freedom of religion. By and large, this country and all of its institutions, Harvard, Yale, started out as seminaries. People were conservative Christians. Not everybody, but the preponderance and the government was based on that. And all I'm saying is, if you want to look at the decline from 1776 to this day, 2018, November the 20, whatever it is, it is clear that the enemy is winning in this nation. Why? Because this nation is the most responsible the most prosperous and the most Christian for one purpose, to spread the gospel all over the world. So Satan has been trying to deteriorate us from the top down, from the church down to the individual or the family, which is the church. And you have to say what I have to say, because this is my mandate. If you build a house and you don't build it with strong materials, the winds and rains of life, that house isn't going to stand. And if you build a person and you wound them and hurt them and you don't teach them the gospel and you don't do Psalm 78, tell them the stories of the fathers of old, of Abraham, Moses. Tell them the stories. Tell your young the stories. Teach them in the morning, in the afternoon, when you go to bed. That is your responsibility. If you don't do that, then... What's going to happen is they're going to grow up and their foundations are not going to be strong and the winds and rains of life are going to come along and they're going to fall to the temptations of Satan because it's our responsibility to birth children in the earth because that's what the word says, be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the earth. But it's also our responsibility to train up children in the way they should go so when they're old they will not depart from it so that they can be pillars of honor in the house of the Lord as long as Jesus remains from not returning to the earth in the rapture or subsequently to that. If we don't do that, and we haven't done it well for the last, we being the organizations of the home church school, the foundations that build children are getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And our concern is that there's more of an error on the side of grace In other words, I can be saved and live for Satan. I can be saved and go ahead and commit sexual sin over and over and over and not really care and not really repent. Because like I said to you on the break, even if you're in a stronghold, what's a stronghold? 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, something that has a stronghold on you, but you're pursuing counsel, you're pursuing prayer, you're pursuing healing, you're pursuing ministry, you're working on breaking out of that, you are convicted about it, then you are righteous by Christ 
It was a gift, like I just said, and you're pursuing righteousness. It's the area where you don't care anymore. And your conscience is so seared and your heart gets so hard because the soil of your heart gets hard. That's what I want to talk to is just in this moment is those that are out there that they're struggling in a sin. We're not saying that... Uh, that there's no condemnation for you. Right. There is therefore now no condemnation for right. those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. Um, and what you're saying is you're encouraging us that as long as we're pursuing the Lord and, and we're truly repentant when we're convicted and we miss it, and we truly look and try and work to go 180 degrees in the opposite direction from our sin, and we're addressing the hurts and the wounds of the past that may be tripping us up, and maybe setting traps for us, or that the enemy can set traps for us because of those wounds and hurts. If we're addressing those, then we are doing the very best that we can. Correct. Right? It's really, uh, if we're not doing those things, in other words, we're sinning without repentance, or we're, we're looking fondly at our sin and harboring iniquity in our hearts. It's if, if we know that we're hurt and wounded, but we're not willing to take the time or make the effort to address it. That's where the problem Lies. And how do you know that? I'm, I'm going to answer my own question. The root denotes the fruit. And what I mean by that, let's go back to David. He committed adultery and murder. Psalm 51 says, when Nathan, who was a prophet, told him, exposed him, he did not say, oh, you're wrong, I'm okay, I'm going to go on and just, okay, thank you very much, have a good day. <laughs> he wept in Psalm 51. He, he literally beseeched the Lord, do not lift your Holy Spirit from me. Mm-hmm. He reminded God, a contrite heart you will not despise. He was extremely convicted. Uh, it is troubling that this man of God, now you could say that he was uh, of the Old Testament before Jesus came, but then there's a whole series we could do on that about how um, the Godhead was known from creation, um, even though Jesus was not revealed until the first century church. Okay, but bottom line is that this man knew God. And if you know God, you know the Holy Spirit. If you know the Holy Spirit, you know Jesus. The Godhead is three in one, one in three. It's like an apple, the skin, the core, and the, I mean, the skin, the meat, and the core. So Jesus was fully revealed, became the spotless lamb for our salvation. And now we know he is the way, truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. Nonetheless, we look at a man like David, and we look at his response when he was even instructed. He evidently had ignored the Holy Spirit. And he was instructed because sometimes somebody will use, God will use people because we are vessels, right? Mm -hmm. And the word says, speak the truth in love that we all may grow up to be mature men and women in Ephesians 4. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So the response of David, if you've really missed it and your heart is fully surrendered, would be the response that we would be looking for brokenness, humility. I'm sorry if I've disappointed you. I'm sorry, God, that I missed it. And what I'm talking about, kind of what I was doing that began the beginning of our book and and the principles of this ministry is what is wrong with the inside of me? Have I missed something that I was rejected or hurt or broken? 
even when I was too young to understand and even though it wasn't my, my fault, but it becomes my responsibility. Because if so, the Lord has given me what I need to fix it. And if I don't fix it, I might have inroads by the demonic realm to deceive me, to cause me to placate with sin. And the best analogy I can give to this, because we understand and can see the physical body. If you have a wound and you don't disinfect it with something that helps the infection and stitch it up, you leave it wide open to the air. The germs and bacteria would get in there and infect it worse and you would bang it and it would hurt and it would bleed. And if you didn't fix it, you'd have to cut your arm off because you'd get gangrene. And if you didn't do that, you would die. We can understand that perfectly, but we can't see broken hearts and wounded souls. And all I'm telling you is if you don't disinfect it with confession, true confession, I'm sorry, God, you said you would always forgive me if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That's what I call the disinfectant. The stitching up is forgiveness because usually you're wounded by somebody, event or circumstance that was not your fault, young or old. So you might not feel like forgiving the person that rejected you, but you choose to because God has forgiven you. That stitches up the wound. But notice once you disinfect and stitch up a physical wound, it still needs to heal. And once you disinfect and stitch up an emotional wound or a soul wound or a heart wound or whatever you want to call it, it still has to heal. And that's why Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And then if there's any strongholds that have happened because you've walked in chronic sin to help that emotional or soul wound feel better or heart wound by chronic sin of anger or fear or anxiety or sexual sin or whatever, it's simple. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We destroy arguments in every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ, punishing every disobedience with what? Obedience. Lord, I call down in Jesus' name the stronghold of fear, the stronghold of sexual addiction, the stronghold of pornography, the stronghold of alcohol. You might need to get to two or three people because we're two or th- with them, where two or three agree. As touching anything, it shall be done. The uh, Bible says in Psalm uh, 50, I believe it is, uh, this comes by prayer and fasting, you know, breaking the yoke of bondage. Sometimes if you've walked in something really long, but if you get with people that understand your soul and your heart and what can be done and the power and anointing of God and your contrite, you can be healed and delivered. Why do I know that? Because I was healed and delivered, and many have been healed and delivered through this ministry. So our exhortation is just that. Don't let the strategies of the enemy through the same thing he does over and over again, but he's doing it even more rampant, at least in this country, because of the broken foundations. This country that's responsible for spreading the gospel is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Because like my pastor said in a series a number of months ago called Real, Robert Morris, we are the light and the salt of the earth. If we hide it under a bushel because we're wounded and isolated and afraid and we withdraw from men and women and we can't tell our story of salvation and deliverance and we're walking in anger or sin or we're uh, unholy example to other people's looking at us and they say, well, I guess I can be a Christian and go out and have an affair on my wife because Joey Brown is a Christian and he does that. 
that's just not being the salt and light of the earth. And that's what we're called to be. Right. All right. Well, we'll stop there for this week and pick it up right there again next week for part two of Why Trial. And I just wanted to pray with you right now uh, as we close to just ask the Lord to touch you in your heart, whatever it is you're going through this week as you uh, get into the Christmas season, as you're probably shopping around or um, taking your kids to and from school or um, braving the cold, uh, taking care of the things that happen around this time of year as the year winds down. Just ask the Lord to touch you where you're at right now. So agree with me as we pray. Lord, I just lift up each and every one of our friends that are listening right now. And Lord, you know exactly what they're going through today. You know what's on their heart. You know their needs. And Lord, you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So I ask that you would go to each and every one listening to the sound of my voice right now and give them a package of grace that they need Lord, I pray that you'd grant the desires of their heart, that you would meet them where they're at, that you would bring healing where it hurts, Lord, that you would set them free where they are bound, Lord, that you'd give them avenues of escape and and deliverance where they need it most, Lord. And I just pray as they go in to the Christmas season that you would bring them to a place, a new place of healing and freedom to be more healed and set free than they've ever been before. By your power, Lord Jesus, by your power, Holy Spirit, we just thank you in advance for it. And I agree with them for it right now and lift up those specific needs that they're thinking about right now and ask you to come in and do a supernatural work to move in mighty ways, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us this week on the Totally Transformed Podcast. We'll see you next week right here 